speaking, it was done. Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Reverend Dr. Matthew Richard. epistle is from Romans chapter 6. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations, for just as you once presented your members as slavery to impurity and to lawlessness leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How many times have you heard this? Yes, how many times have you heard this? I don't go to church because the church, well, the church is full of hypocrites. Yes, I don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites. Tragically, my friends, there are thousands of people who won't darken the door of the church because they say that the church, well, the church is full of hypocrites. Now, a brief reminder to all of us that a hypocrite is nothing more than a person who acts contrary to their stated beliefs or behaves contrary to who they are. Now, when we hear this excuse or perhaps accusation, it might be easy for us to get defensive over this accusation indeed. However, we have to confess this morning that this accusation that they don't go to church because the church is full of hypocrites, this accusation, well, they're right. Yes, they're right. You heard that correctly. The church is indeed full of a bunch of hypocrites. Take a look right around right now. Look around in the sanctuary, and you will see a bunch of hypocrites. Every single one of you, including me, were a bunch of hypocrites. They are right. But what about the people who make this accusation, though? Aren't they hypocrites as well? Some may be, but get this, most of them are not. Now let me explain this a little bit more. Consider our reading from the Epistle of Romans here this morning. Paul is telling you and me that there are only two masters, two masters in this world. Either a person is a slave to sin itself, or they're a slave to God, a slave to sin, or a slave unto God. Either a person is in bondage to sin, under sin's rule and authority, or they are contrary, a bondservant to to God himself, a bondservant to God himself, under God's rule, under God's authority. There's no middle ground. There's no, indeed, autonomous, neutral position for anybody. There are only two teams, sin and God. And so here's the reason why unbelievers are typically not hypocrites. An unbeliever is a slave to sin, which means that they do whatever they feel like doing while ignoring God. In other words, being a slave to sin means that you don't have to bother with right thinking or right living or right anything at all. 
Unbelievers, again, are not under the influence of righteousness. They neither have faith nor the Holy Spirit, so they do whatever they want. And so it should not surprise us Christians when unbelievers act and think like unbelievers. In other words, it is not hypocritical when a person who is enslaved to sin sins. That is logically consistent. Indeed, it is logically consistent. When ungodly people do ungodly things, they're acting and behaving just as we, well, as we would expect. However, what about us Christians? Paul tells you and me that we have been freed from sin and enslaved to God himself. Through your baptism, through my baptism, you and I have been snatched from master's sin and placed as a bondservant of Christ Jesus. Through those mighty waters of baptism, Jesus, while well, he became our master, and we, his servants, righteousness becomes a gift. And you and I have been freed from master's sin and been given the benefits of God's holiness and everlasting life. But this, my friends, this is where the problem arises. Indeed, where the problem comes forth. The world looks at you and me, and what do they see? They see a bunch of hypocrites. And guess what? Again, they are right. You and I have been freed from master's sin. and We've been placed underneath the Lord's good care to walk in newness of life. However, we don't. Sure, you and I really want to do what is right, but we can't. We know perfectly well that we shouldn't sin, but we can't help ourselves. When we want to do good, well, we don't do it. And when we try not to do wrong, well, we do it anyway. And so the world, the world is right. We're a bunch of hypocrites. Don't deny it. We are. The unbelievers are right about us. Through our baptisms, we are servants of Christ, but by our actions, our actions themselves, they betray us. By our actions, it appears that we are still servants of sin. Now, dear friends, I don't have to try and convince you right now that this is a terrible predicament. It should bother you. It bothers me. How shall we resolve this? How do we make right of all of this? Some 500 years ago, Martin Luther famously wrote those 95 theses, those 95 theses that were posted on that door. And in those 95 theses, his very first theses was this, that the life of a Christian is one of repentance. Indeed, that the life of a believer should be one of repentance. In other words, repentance is not a prefabricated, elaborate ritual. Repentance itself is not well, something that can be bought or bartered. It's not something that is bought or bartered at one time for, well, one particular time, one instance for all of time. No, instead, what Luther was stating in those 95 theses, that very first theses, that first statement, if you will, is that repentance is a lifelong project for all believers. Repentance itself must be personal. It must be sincere. And it must take place throughout all all of our lives. In a word, repentance itself actually acknowledges our hypocrisy. It acknowledges the inconsistency between who we are in Christ and our actions themselves. You see, being a Christian is not about you and me 
somehow chasing some moralistic carrot on the stick on a road to flawlessness. We are not trying to do good and be good to somehow earn brownie points before God as if we can accumulate a bunch of good brownie points and then exchange them for God's goodness, some sort of transaction, if you will. Indeed, we're not chasing perfection. Instead, we are being chased. Goodness is being given to us. In other words, you and I do not do good works to become a Christian, but we do good works because we already are. That's who you are in your baptisms. Or let's phrase it this way. You do not do good works to buy yourself out of sin slavery, but you do good works because you have already, yes, you have already been redeemed out of sin slavery. And when we don't do good works, well, that's the point. We repent. Dear friends, the Apostle Paul is stressing to you and me in a reading from the epistle of Romans here this morning that being a Christian has never been about accumulating morality points and holding them up before God, dangling before God to show that we're somehow worthy of his redemption, that we're somehow worthy of his atonement, that we have somehow contributed to that goodness of Jesus. No, it is not how it works. Being a Christian is all about God snatching you out of darkness, snatching you from master sin and delivering you unto master Jesus himself. Being a Christian is a work of God, a divine rescue of you and me that's a divine rescue where we are freed from master's sin. We're freed from master death and the master of evil unto Christ. The goodness of Jesus placed in our baptisms, placed in goodness and his perfection and his righteousness for us. And so because we are freed from sin and because we belong to Jesus, we walk in newness of life. We walk in holiness that is bestowed upon us. We walk in righteousness because we belong to the righteous one, Jesus himself. But again, we don't always walk in righteousness. Instead, we often act as if we still belong to master sin. And that is the predicament. Again, that, that is that predicament that we all fall into. Like the prodigal son who left the goodness of his father's house for hellish living. Like that prostitute Gomer who abandoned her faithful husband, Hosea, for a life of prostitution. Like a man looking intently in a mirror and then forgetting what he is like, and like a dog returning to its own vomit, we Christians, we are prone to wander. We're prone to leave the God that loves us. We forget who we belong to, and we run back to our master sin, that old master sin. We act like unbelievers when in reality, we are the baptized. We are baptized saints, placed in God's goodness and holiness. Again, it hurts, but we are hypocrites. And so, dear friends, repent. Yes, you and I, we need to repent. Not just once, indeed, not just once, but every single day. As often as we wander back to master sin, we repent. But you may say to yourself and think about this, man, that's repentance every single day of every single moment, always repenting. The life of the Christian is always repentance. Doesn't the Lord himself, the Lord God, get tired of this continual repentance? We should find much comfort in the Psalms. Indeed, as we page through those Psalms, we should find much, much comfort in the Psalms. 
hearing about how the Old Testament saints, how they repented of their sins before God Almighty constantly. Consider for a moment King David, for a moment indeed. Consider King David for a moment. One day, as we know from the Old Testament, King David saw a woman bathing. He liked that woman. So using his power and his influence as king, well, he slept with her, got her pregnant, and then got her husband killed. Master sin sure had its way with King David. And yet, in Psalm 51, David cries out and he says this, and I paraphrase, Scrub away my guilt, O God. Soak out my sin. I know how bad I've been. My sins are staring me down. Wash me, O Lord, and I will be whiter than snow. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me, O God. Indeed, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. In other words, David was brought to repentance. He acknowledged his sin with Bathsheba. And the Lord? The Lord did not despise David's repentance. The Lord did not throw his hands up and say, ah, there again, he's just confessing his sin again. When will he ever learn? No, David's repentance was beautiful in the sight of God. In repentance, the Lord did not regard David with contempt, but he met David with divine mercy and forgiveness. And so baptized saints, hear this. Daily repentance is at the heart of the Christian life. It is at the heart of being a Christian. And we must confess that it is hard to recognize our sin. It's very, very difficult to recognize that sin, to see that plank in our own eye. And it's even harder to grieve the horrible sins that we commit each day. And yet at the same time, while it is very difficult for us to repent, and it brings us to great humility, we must also acknowledge this morning that God Almighty and, and the angels, God, God Almighty and the angels of heaven, they rejoice greatly when we do repent. Yes, there is great joy when we repent because through the gifts of repentance and faith, we are centered right where we're supposed to be and the Lord's grace and his goodness for us placed right where we're supposed to be in his goodness, his care, his forgiveness and mercy for you and me, that is anew each day. And so, baptized saints, while the world may accuse us of being hypocritical as Christians, let us be so bold to confess our hypocrisies, bold to confess our hypocrisies before God and also in front of a world that accuses us. But then, but then, let us be even more bold to hear and embrace Christ's amazing work on the cross for you and for me, for we know that there is more forgiveness. Get this, there's more forgiveness in Christ than there is hypocrisy in us. Yes, may we confess this day that there's no such thing as a perfect Christian here at St. Paul's Lutheran Church, but only forgiven Christians in Jesus. Forgiven Christians who have been freed, yes, freed from master sin and belong unto God Almighty. You belong to the Lord God, snatched from darkness unto life. And when we sin, we confess sin, and we boldly hear even more that we're forgiven in Christ for Christ's sake because we belong to him. He is our master, and you, his servant, his child. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thy strong word be 
Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormatrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org. The Lord bless and keep you.